Hello and welcome to the Huddle Podcast brought to you by the Sideline Network. I'm your host, Rich O, and today we're going to be talking about Robert Kraft and the dynasty of New England, the future of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and whether or not the Lakers are in playoff picture trouble. Again, you're listening to the Huddle brought to you by the Sideline Network, and it begins right now. back the huddle us three me as your host of course again my name is richo alongside with maddie and lavalley how's it going boys d'artagnan himself that's right in the podcast you better know it and we got lavalley in the iron mask of just grumpiness (laughs) it's like a salty mask that's rude. Well, no, I, think, that's... I think that's pretty good, actually, because it has that one angry expression, mm, right? It's true. not a happy iron mask. That's fair. And plus, that's Leo. That is Leo. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you know. I take care of you. So let's get into our topics. What's going on in New England? Is this a believable story talking about the prosecutions of Robert Kraft? Matt? Is it believable? I mean... I said it, the first thing I said about it was, why is this such a big deal? Because nobody should be fucking surprised. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be surprised. This is not a shock to anyone. It is not like, well, What do you Ooh. mean by surprise? Like, because it has to do with the Patriots? Or surprise no, that Robert it's... Kraft is a dicey he... dude, like, solicitizing sex? <clears throat> Here's the thing. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do plug. with the Patriots. It has okay, literally yeah. nothing to do with any part of the New England Patriots franchise, business, football product, except for the fact that the man that has the largest ownership stake and is the owner of the team yeah. was caught in a sting at a rub and tug in Florida where a bunch of other uh, celebrities and wealthy people were apparently also caught to be named later on. Yeah. It's just that it was reported immediately that it was Robert Kraft. Yep. We can have a whole conversation about human sex trafficking and sex workers in America and why it's a problem and why going and paying somebody $59 to have a rub and tug is just perpetuating the problem and why Robert Kraft is a scumbag because all of those things are true. As a sports fan, I just don't care at all. Mm -hmm. So it's a totally believable story because it's not a surprise. If you would have asked me to bet money that at some point it would come out that Robert Kraft would get caught going to a, a, you know, a brothel, whatever. I don't know. How are they? Yeah, I don't it? know what they're really called anymore. I would. I like bet- rub and tug. I like uh, yeah, the title I mean, of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would have bet yes. I mean, do you think differently about it at all? No. I, he just happened to be the one owner that got caught. Or yeah. the one rich guy that got caught. The amount of illegal shit that rich people do on a daily basis is astronomical to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think there's actually a, even a conversation to be had about prostitution in general and whether or not it should be legal. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's a conversation for another day, but mm-hmm. I mean, in a capitalist society, mm-hmm. you know, right. I mean, if you, if you legalize it and there's, I don't know, a union and like, sure, you have rights and benefits and all that stuff. Like, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely a conversation we should have at some point. Not right now. Yeah. But Again, it's like it it is legal. Illegal. You know? And he broke the law and he got caught and he's just like any other owner or NFL player, like Jim Irsay's DUI. Yep. Like 
probably going to have to spend a season away from the team and pay a fine and maybe go to jail, depending on how hard they want to probably, he'll probably never go to jail. No, he'll probably be like community service or something at least. Exactly. Yeah. He has to box the Mac and cheese himself. His $14 billion mansion. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like when I first saw it, it it just kind of, I like laughed to myself. I rolled a little bit too. Because it just, you know, we talked a little bit about this before, I think, in our our group text message where it just seems like, you know, the Patriots just can't seem to stay out of trouble. And I don't know if it's, you know, they are just, they keep getting caught with certain things or they keep, uh, um, or is it, is it something bigger in the conspiracy aspect of things or like, you know, people are just constantly digging at the Patriots more so than any other team. Because, you know, we've already been through uh, Spygate, Deflategate. Um, we went through something else that they did that was sketchy. It was so, it was like almost like too good to be true. You know, you guys went through the season. You, you know, yes, who was it? Edelman was suspended at the beginning of the season. Yeah, for PEDs. But, but Brady wasn't, you know, uh, Belichick. Looking like a great head coach, Tom Brady looking like an MVP caliber quarterback, old dude doing his thing. And then they go to the Super Bowl, they win the Super Bowl, and your owner just get caught at a rub and tug. So I think you bring up a really good point in the fact that I think the media outside of New England is so desperate to try and bring the Patriots down at any opportunity they can absolutely which, this is what this is and this what kind of brings into I, i'm gonna you know we do questions at the end of every segment for the huddle but i'm gonna bring a question into this now is what's gonna happen with the past future does this diminish their no. dynasty in any type of way or anything like that no. no because the dynasty has nothing to do with robert Kraft and everything to do with right now if it was belichick who got caught in the rub and tug and was about to go spend a year in jail Maybe it's a different conversation. I feel like Belichick laughed when he saw this report. He probably did. And He's probably Brady... the one who called the, the, the authorities. <laughs> That's a good point. Make me yeah. trade my backup quarterback. Seriously, I can definitely see that. Hey, uh, there's a guy going to a rub and tug right now. I think it's Robert Kraft. Is this Bill Belichick? Click. Except I feel like it would have been like, have you seen him like looking at his call sheet going over the game plan? Like, I feel it would have been like, so elaborate mm-hmm. it would have been so totally staged like he probably knows like who the prostitute was <laughs> and like had you know like it was set up every detail yeah. was covered he hired in the Belichick her. plan absolutely he hired her two years ago after they traded Jimmy G yes and was like this is what you're going to do you're going to work like here at some point Robert Kraft is going to come in mm-hmm. and you're going to do your thing yep you're going to beat off Robert Kraft like your life depends on it exactly <laughs> but to get back to your question Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with on the field. Absolutely nothing to do with on the field. So, no. I, I agree. I think that it's not going to tarnish the dynasty because, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, nobody's going to remember this. They're going to remember the great Tom Brady. I almost said Peyton Manning. Sorry. The great Whoa. Tom Brady. I know. Um, you know, doing his thing, going to the Super Bowl multiple times, winning multiple times. Belichick, same thing. You know, the adversities that they've gone, the ups and downs and everything with it. Um, I think they're going to remember that way before they're going to remember Robert Kraft or Deflategate or Spygate. Now, you'll have other teams and other uh, fans, I'm sure, and especially media members trying to, I feel like, discredit them being like, because this is something that you've never really heard anything like this with 
say, the Yankees. When the Yankees were going through their golden year, they weren't really doing anything. Steinbrenner had hookers coming in the clubhouse during their golden years. Are you kidding me? Probably. But that was never like really reported or anything like that, right? Nothing was like... I bet if we did some digging, we could find it. Let's, let's do, do prob- some digging. Probably just... That but do you know what I'm saying though? Like no one, no, like no one was trying to dig at the Yankees. For some reason, people are trying to dig against the Patriots, and you know, unfortunately for the Patriots, they're finding plenty of things to you know try and discredit them. But I don't think that it ultimately will. You said exactly the perfect thing. I, I disagree with you on one thing that you said very, What's very, that? very strongly, which is you said nobody's going to remember Deflategate. The fuck they won't. Patriots <laughs> fans will never let Deflategate go ever because they feel like they got so cheated out of a first round pick that they will not. Na- Listen, man, it came up in co- in casual conversation as a joke, and a Patriot fan was an earshot of it while I was at work the other day. Really, in instant like thirty minutes of outrage about Deflategate. Oh my gosh, never going away. But, but what I will say is that no one's ever going to talk about this again, probably a year from now. It was Friday morning the news broke, this past Friday, right? I think so. Today's Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. For five days, we've been running on the Robert Kraft story. Mm-hmm. If there was any other owner in the NFL, it would already have cycled out of the news. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. This is also a slow time in sports, so there's really not a whole hell of a yeah. lot else to talk about. Yeah, but I, but I can see... Once away from the but draft, I, the combine's I, about to happen. Like, there's still plenty still, of stuff I can going see, on. I can but see once Matt's the combine point. starts, this is going to dissipate. Oh, you're absolutely right. So that's why I'm saying, like, if, if this happened this coming weekend, like, if this had happened this this coming Friday instead, this wouldn't have even made it through the weekend. Yeah. It never would have. Yeah. Yeah, if you would have waited till April, you got the NFL draft, the Masters, the uh, NBA playoffs, yep. the hockey playoffs, mm-hmm. spring training starts, all that stuff. Like, so he should have waited. Is basically what you're exactly. saying. Yeah, just wait hold for off the, for another month. Wait, man. wait for the busy okay. time. Come on, just okay. save it for the bathroom, like every other American. All right, let's take it. Uh, we're gonna keep it with football, though. So let's talk about. Can I just make one more point on Bob sure. Kraft real quick? Before absolutely. You have that much money. Mm-hmm. Why? In God's name, are you going to a $59 massage parlor happy ending place in Jupiter, Florida, when you could just have somebody come to you on your private jet at one of your many houses well, I think in the back of your limo? I is don't it, know. Is it, is it one of those things where he's receiving, or is he like the kingpin of it? Is he like just coming in no, and checking in like in how the goods are doing? He paid $59 and got a rub down. Interesting. Side note, if you go to any massage parlor and it's less, it's $59 or less, you turn around and walk the hell out of there. Just let me tell you. Or don't. They are not. Or don't. You know, if you, maybe Robert Kraft is right on the table next to you and you guys can gaze into each other's eyes and get weird. But let's again move on to other topics of football. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. So I want for each of you, we'll start with LaValle. I think you uh, Matt, you started the last one. Um, give your take or or I guess your argument, opinion, whatever you want to have on where you feel Le'Veon is going and then where you feel Antonio Brown is going. Or we can keep it Le'Veon, talk about it, then go to Brown, talk about it. Because the, the biggest thing right now, um, Le'Veon is going to the East, some sort of Eastern team, East uh, Coast team, I should say. 
and Brown going to the West. That's what all the reports, the initial reports have been. Yes. And then for clarification, Le'Veon Bell is an unrestricted free agent, can sign wherever the hell he goddamn wants. True. But we already know that he's had out for a year because he felt he wasn't getting paid enough money. And what was his last contract? I honestly he's gonna be like twelve million a year, and thinking maybe maybe it's fifteen. I don't remember. Yeah, but he wants he wants starting quarterback money. But so that yeah, no, but so that's I'm I'm just prefacing whatever we're about to answer with. Le'Veon Bell is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wants, yeah. but is gonna want let's say for shits and giggles eighteen to twenty million a year. So and Brown has to get traded. So are we talking because this is going to completely change my answer? Are we talking where we think he should go? No. Where is he going? Where's where, he gonna, he go? where do you think he's going? You had going, to go to yeah. Vegas and put money on it right now. Exactly. Right, I, think, that, I think he's going to Houston. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Because I think that Houston desperately needs a good running back. Mm-hmm. And while Miller is okay, he's Le'Veon Bell light. And by that, I mean he's injury prone. Yep. He has bursts here and there. They can release, they can release Miller... Take the cap relief and pick up Le'Veon Bell. And then you would now have Deshaun Watson, Le'Veon Bell, and DeAndre Hopkins. That's, that's a, pretty nasty. Yeah. That's formidable. So yeah, that's where I think I think I think it's a smart move for Le'Veon. I think it would be a huge move for Houston. Yep. It would vault you could even argue that, that would vault Houston as the as the the number one seed going into the new NFL season. Absolutely. As a Super Bowl favorite in the AFC. Yeah, that'd be huge. It was uh, fourteen million, by the way, fourteen and a half million and a half. for uh, two thousand eighteen that he, what forfeited, I guess, and he decided to get fined instead because he wanted to be a child about it. But Matt, where do you think he's going? Well, hell, probably. Um, oh, you meant what team? What, what football team? I'm team sorry, is yes, going I to? didn't specify. I do have a backup, but I won't touch that right now. You can touch. You can touch on it. Philly. Uh, Philly's the only other team. I'm. I'm actually. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm hoping for it. As an Eagles fan, I'm hoping for it. I don't think I have. I have a sneaky one, which I wouldn't be surprised if he went to. But I would love for Le'Veon Bell to come to Philly. I don't know if. Uh, but the only problem with that is again, with his demands of money, and with his. Um, what he wants for money and what he wants for you know longevity, I don't I don't know if uh, we can or if, we probably can, but I don't know if we're willing to push that into him because I would love for him to go from you know West Side PA to East Side PA. I would love that. I'm gonna blow up your Eagles fantasy right now because that's you fine. Literally don't have cap space. Like you have negative. Cap I know space we have right negative. Now. I know that. So I don't know where you're carving out fifteen million dollars to twenty million dollars a year for one player, and you still haven't done anything with Nick Foles yet. Basically, don't me. there are only. I there literally, are really... I literally check the NFL app daily and multiple times a day, waiting from you know uh, to get an alert about Nick Foles. Move. You're gonna be waiting for a while. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Let's say for shits and giggles that Le'Veon Bell is going to get paid $15 million. Okay. He skipped a year. Let's say he comes in ever so slightly higher in his first season than what he was already making in Pittsburgh. I think 15 is fair. Just for the sake of this argument. Yeah. So then a team essentially would need to have more than $30 million in cap space 
in order for it to make sense to sign him yep. and then still have a few $5 million contracts or, you know, a couple two and a half to hand out to, you know, undrafted rookies and whatever all else they need to do. Obviously you can add or subtract a few million here or there based on what you do with your, your um, roster. Yeah. There's 15 teams with projected over 30 million in cap space, green Bay on up to Indy. There's only two teams in this list that he would consider that really makes... Well, aside from Houston, which I actually like a lot now, and I hadn't thought of that before. <laughs> I just... He can't take his answer. He can. No, I, I just genuinely believe that he's going to the Jets. And that's what mm. I initially thought, too. That'd be a nice one. The Jets have so much money to spend this offseason that mm-hmm. even if they totally screw it all up, by the time it matters, they're going to be off of other contracts anyway. It's the most Jets move ever. Like, what better than a probably washed up, injury prone running back in a league that really only requires you to have quarterbacks and receivers? What better place to spend $15 million a year on that than, than New York Jets? Yeah. It's what they do. Darrell Revis, need I remind you? Mm-hmm. Like, LaDainian Tomlinson, Brett Favre, lots of dudes they paid lots of money to well past the time when they were worth that kind of money. Yeah. It just feels like a Jets signing. Um, the only other one that I would really be interested to see is Seattle's got $50 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. It's Russell nice. Wilson's final year of his contract. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of rumors about him leaving to go to other teams. He's not going there. The New York Giants. No, he's not going there. Anyway... I already know who your New York Giants quarterback is going to be this year. Besides Eli Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> You're probably is. not wrong, actually. No, I know that's what it's going to be. I'll put cash money down on that one. But, but anyway. But anyway. God, what were we even talking about? You were saying Seattle. Seattle. So sidetracked by your fucking Dwayne Haskins comment. <laughs> Sorry. Le'Veon Bell to you got uh, excited. But so I think that... I think this this year of all years... Because the Seahawks have kind of made their, made their hay by... You know, getting value in the draft and not really paying big free agents because they just have never really had money to do that since Wilson came off of his rookie contract. They need to convince Russell Wilson that he should stay in Seattle. He's -hmm. 30 years old. They haven't been to the promised land in quite a while since that all-time great defense disassembled. Yeah, They have yet to be able to give him a truly number one wide receiver to work with the line is always in shambles they're you know running back by committee ever since Marshawn I think that they need to give him a reason to want to stay there mm-hmm. and as much as I think there's every chance that Le'Veon Bell just gets hurt like he always does yep. there's also a chance that Le'Veon Bell has an all-time year in Seattle with Russell Wilson and then he's like okay yeah I want to do this so I'm going to say um, I do like that one, by the way. I like both of your answers. I love the Houston one now that you said it. To be yeah. With you. I think you're they, both wrong because I think three, my answer is... three most talented injury-prone players in the NFL. Yeah, I exactly. Think, <laughs> I, I think my answer is the right answer, and that's Miami. I think you get rid of Tannehill. That's saving you around 13000 right there we're in not, cat space. We're not talking about Nick Foles. We're talking about Le'Veon Bell. Oh, Nick Foles isn't going to Miami <laughs> either, so that's totally fine. So... Okay. You rock my doppelganger as the quarterback for Miami. Brock Osweiler? Yes. Okay. With Le'Veon Bell 
as a running back position. This is going to be fantastic. And you put... I actually hope it happens now. <laughs> Keep going. And you make... I think that would be a great move for Le'Veon Bell, really. Who's Miami's new head coach? I don't care who their head coach is. Oh, I do. <laughs> he, was a, he was a Patriots coach, wasn't he? Ah, that's no. right. The, yeah, okay. Flores? Yep, Flores. Okay. Oh, he was the Patriots Flores coach. That's right. Why do I think it was the Jets? After the title. No, the Jet. No, the Miami. No. They picked him up too, though, didn't Gase they? Went Gase to the Jets went from to the Miami. Jets. Flores oh, that's went to why. Miami. I'm, I'm backwards. Okay, okay. Yeah. Flores. The, You're right. In, the inbreeding. So why do you think Le'Veon Bell is going to pick Miami? I think that would be a smart move for him, really, to get into the AFC to get into the AFC East with, as far as come. Um, <laughs> me ask you a question. Uh, Chris is like making a motion, like yeah, he's gonna just finish your finish okay, your okay, yeah. I have I have a follow up to your that I think that that would be the best move for him because I think that they will. I think one they will more importantly they will pay him the money to get him. I don't think that they're going to pick the top quarterback. Well, all right. So here's the thing too. Where quarterback... Hey, that's trademark. you got to pay me a quarter every time you say my line. <laughs> I'll pay you something. <laughs> um, as far as quarterbacks go, look, Tannehill's out. And I don't see any... I don't see Tyrod Taylor. I don't see Nick Foles. I don't see any of these quarterbacks that are already in the league. Listen, don't you start with my Tyrod, okay? I don't see any of these quarterbacks that are already in the league going to Miami. It would make more sense... For that, for Le'Veon to go to Miami and they draft Drew Locke, who they already like anyway, and start over. Why would and, you draft Drew Locke even to begin with? Why not? Because he's not very good. But, but anyway, you you brought it. You brought up that you think it's a smart move for him to go to the AFC East. But why wouldn't you just go to the Jets? We well, already have the caps. I didn't, so listen, who I didn't, has I didn't, a quarterback. quarterback. You're right. You're right. Absolutely right. I didn't think Jets, and that's why I like that one. A decent O line. These guys are kind of maulers. True. The defense was all right. I don't know. I don't. The Miami thing. You're right about. It. So if they, they have release, a coach with the biggest eyes in the league, so I mean, he'll be able to see the whole field for him. <laughs> that it's is fantastic. true. That is true. If they release Tannehill, he's his cap hit this year is twenty six point six million. 13.4 is dead cap if they release him. So they could free up 13 million in cap space. They yeah. have eight right now. That puts Isn't him this the last year of his contract? Puts him at 21. It is. but he's, they're, they're not going to release him then. They're going to do something with him. Even if they trade him, they're still on the hook for 13. I know that. I don't think I think they're going to let him ride out. It's not, why, would you, why would you take the cap hit? Maybe. I mean, especially if this is the last year. At worst, he's going to get injured again. And yeah. then you have Osweiler. I would tell you, Robert Quinn has a... 12.9 cap hit this year and does not have any dead money if he gets cut. It's a non-guaranteed final year. So they could cut him and save about $13 million. That puts him at 21 They could pay Bell. They can do the same thing I don't know, Devontae Parker is... They could do the same thing with Devontae Parker and carve out another $10 million right there. So if you want to cut loose some of the, you know, two of those guys you can actually keep Tannehill and, and make those moves. So they're out to Andy Amendola another $6 million. So, yeah, they've got some dudes that they could get rid of without any They can cap. make some moves. They could. But then the problem is that if you're cutting Devontae Parker and Danny Amendola and Robert Quinn, mm. who the hell is playing outside linebacker and wide receiver for you, and what money are you going to use to go get those guys? You can pick them up in the it's draft. It's not as if Miami has shown the ability to draft and develop anyone. That's true. Recently. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last decent player that they drafted and developed, frankly. I mean... Dan Marino? Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. 
And even that dude could never win the big game. That's all time true. great talent. All did time. You, did all you time see his uh, his new putter by the way? No. On Twitter? Should I? It, it, yes, you should. It says uh, laces out. Oh, you know what I did see? I that. think I don't know if you I posted it. it. I did yeah. post it. Okay. You posted I just it. Had to I make saw. sure. You're absolutely right. Um, I mean, look, the Dolphins GM, he needs to get a lot smarter with how he's drafting or what, again, what, this is why, like I said in my podcast, Rachel's rant, that you should, that you should really get into the college combine and everything like that. I, I love it because you get to kind of see, hopefully, the direction that the teams are going, you know, because again, even last year, we didn't really fully see that. I mean, we saw John Dorsey sitting with Sam Darnold's parents in the bleachers, and everyone was like, yes, 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 Sam Darnold's going to Cleveland. Every yeah. mock draft said it, and then they call Baker Mayfield's name. Yeah. So it doesn't obviously always well, work. due diligence. They're doing their due diligence. Yeah. They need to meet with everybody. They need to know all their options. Absolutely. There's five guys that they could take in that position, and you have to have you have to have five. If you're an NFL GM, mm-hmm. if you're that front office, like you have to be prepared for a million different scenarios. Yeah. Okay, if these five players are off the board before we pick at sixth, then who are our five guys that we're looking at? Or you just sell it anyway. Make it look like well, that you're and you give everything guy a, and... a grading a, a grading system for mm-hmm. everything. And you, yep. Okay, so we would actually value moving the pick for another se- two second rounders more than taking any of these guys that are still left or whatever. Absolutely. So I, I enjoy the combine for that. I wish that the NFL Combine was mandatory participation for all players entering the draft. I absolutely hate the fact that a guy like Murray can come in there and decide not to throw, go have his own pro day. Well, this is the thing. With his own receivers in his home turf, what I could say, which you're never going to have in But the what NFL, I can say about something like that controlled is, so like that. I understand what you're talking about, and I can see because in a sense, the combine is almost, I think I said it on my podcast, actually, where I said it's like an interview, you know, where you, but it's not really because you're not. It's a tryout. Kind of, though. It's I mean, 100% what it is. I'm going to pay you. I'll ask you a question. I'm going hold to on, pay hold you. On, hold on. I'll ask you a question. Go ahead. How Wait, many is this ti- where you guys are arguing? How many times have you applied for a bartending job and you had to audition for the job almost every you're a single one you're a liar do you want me it. to go through them job by job I and tell you what the auditions were i don't believe that you had to if you go audition. apply at patty's yep. which is the biggest baddest bar anywhere around here yeah, in the summertime in the you sit down with two managers they grill you <laughs> yep. and then they send you to a table mm-hmm. and you are tested on your bar acumen what'd you have to do for uh, the current one though I had to make a bunch of different cocktails. I had to talk, because this was a management position, I had yeah. to talk about how to control liquor costs and what my philosophies are in doing so and mm-hmm. how I train my bartenders to pour properly and all of that different stuff. And I had to show them how okay. I do all of that. So did you have to do that for your job, LaValle? No. Did you have to show how you do whatever you do? No, I had an interview. I huh? had an interview. I had an interview. So, interview. Yeah, so again... I understand what you mean with the college combine. Like you should, you know, mandatory. I mean, it's tough because I would, I don't know, actually. I'm kind of 50-50 on that, really. I just, I agree but disagree because realistically. You 50, you're 50% stupid then. Because thank you. Because it makes absolutely no sense. I want to tell you real quick. Tell me. Real quick. Tell right? me. Say it slow First round rookie stupid. salary projections. It's really fascinating. 13 million dollars this is to Deshaun Watson in his contract with Houston. Yep. Twelfth 
He's going to get paid $13 million. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to pay you $13 million, I damn sure better know that you can throw the ball, run the plays, move in the pocket, run a fast 40 time. Yeah. Not that 40, you know what I'm saying. Like no, everything mean, yeah. everything has but a see weighted that, but measurement. But that's, that's the thing. But if you that... choose not to do that stuff in a neutral setting, mm -hmm. then frankly... I don't know whether or not you're going to be able to recreate it in the league. It's absolutely insane to me, insane to me that there's a real chance that Kyler Murray is drafted first overall in this draft without throwing at the combine. Real quick, what does the um, NBA do for getting ready for a draft? Do they do a combine? They do. I'm, I'm generally curious because yeah. I don't know. They do a combine. They do multiple, actually. You can go to one in Chicago. You can go to one in LA. You can go to one in New York. You can go to one. What down do you do in for the combines States. there? They have measurables, just like the NFL does. Mm -hmm. They have athleticism, just like the NFL does. But then they also work them out individually. They work them out in one on ones. They work them out on, you know, they put all the big men, or you're in like a draft range. You get yeah. invited to a draft camp, and you go and you do all of that stuff. Yes, should teams be bringing players in individually to work them out? Absolutely. I mean, you're doing your due diligence. Yeah. I feel like that is the interview process right there, though. But if I don't know anything about you, should I have to waste one of my bring you in visits because you chose not to throw at the combine and I'm not really sure what I'm getting? And now I'm going to spend like I'm just saying there should be a baseline. But for, it's, it's here's tough, what I can do. It's tough because with. Because that's why you have scouts to, to do that research for you. And the scouts technically are the ones that come to you and go, you should look at this guy. Not that guy, that guy, that guy. You should look at this guy. And then you go, okay, should I call them in for an interview? Or should I? Or are they going to the combine? So that's why like that whole like process kind of, you know, as far as making it mandatory and, again, bringing them in for their personal workouts at, this, at their own facility or going to, you know, their uh, – you know, school or whatever their university, their place of practice. I mean, I understand what you're what you're, what you're saying. Jake Locker is my is my argument. Okay. Quarterback at Washington. Mm -hmm. Fantastic college quarterback. Scouts loved that dude. Loved him. I uh, know. I, huh? I did too. Oh, I thought you were gonna say another name. No, I did too. No, I loved him. He was just injury prone, unfortunately. Didn't yeah. throw. Didn't throw at the combine. Private workout at his own school with his own receivers. Tennessee drafted him high. Yep. What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say something about Tim Tebow and all honesty. Ah, somebody yeah, else said it, not me. Give him some time. <laughs> give him some time. We'll get no, there. No, I think he was being actually a good boy about this one. I think he was like Tim hoping. Tebow was a no-brainer high draft pick. He was. No I loved him in college. I loved him going into the draft well, and... Before I came over to the shit on Tim Tebow side of this, the, the railroad tracks here, which I really mostly do just because Chris loves him so much, <laughs> I absolutely believed coming out of college that Tim Tebow was going to be an excellent NFL quarterback. Yeah. My point is... When did he get drafted? He got drafted to... In the first round. To yeah. Broncos, though. 15, yeah. 15 right. overall, I believe. Yep. That stinks. My, my Jake Locker point is to say, there's plenty of guys that the scouts are going to love... When they're throwing at their not quite good enough to ever compete for a national championship college against teams that will never probably play in a bowl game in a smaller town that's more intimate, that's more comfortable, 
you know, like all these different, like I, there's just no comparison for we're in Jerry Jones's house. The lights are on. Every set of eyes that matters in the NFL is on you. How are you going to perform? And yeah. that is what's going to happen to you every single night of your NFL career. So if you cannot perform under those circumstances, then how can you be expected to, to perform in the NFL? I hear you. I understand. I do. Chris, do you have any weight to throw in on this one? or No. You really, I enjoy you don't, listening you don't, to the two of you. Well, you don't watch the combine, really. You watch the draft. I, I know watch that. the draft. No, I read about the combine. Yeah. I don't watch it. Yeah. I don't have the NFL Network, so I, I can't really watch it anyway. You poor child. I have a question. Yeah. Were we supposed to talk about... Were we talking about Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, so we... Ooh, we, we totally forgot about Antonio Brown. How did we Brown. end up here? We're on Antonio... I don't know. You got angry about something. Oh, I got really mad about his uh, when you thought that people didn't have to compete at the combine. Yes. Mandatory. Mandatory for all people going into the So game. you started it. So let's go to Antonio Brown real quick. We'll, we'll make this a lightning round of Antonio Brown. Matt, do the honors. Where do you think Antonio Brown's is going? Not should go. Probably to the rub and tug with Bob Kraft. <laughs> That's that's probably true. Cool, because again, the difference with Antonio Brown though is he has to be traded. Yeah, no, he's not going to New England. I'm just just making. No, 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 I'm I'm just saying because it's it's kind of a different conversation because um, Le'Veon is a free agent, whereas Antonio Brown is not. They're both on the Steelers, um, but obviously he showed uh, very, I don't know, loudly, and he flat out said, "Trade me, so. please." Yeah, basically. He was not. He's not happy being a Steeler. He wants to be out. He stopped short of doing sit-ups in his driveway. Yes. Yes. He, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, the, that's a good one. All that's right. a To reference for all y'all people that don't know that. Speaking of To, Antonio Brown's agent is Drew Rosenhaus. Hmm. Anyway, thirty-year-old Antonio Brown. I'm going to call you that from now on. Because you, you do that all a lot, by the way. I don't mean to interject, but you always do that. Like You're like, you know, 31-year-old, so-and-so, fat CJ Anderson. I don't know how old you are, though, Matt. I think you're 30, aren't you? Not yet, buddy. All right, 29. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to introduce you now as the 29-year-old. I'm Maddie. not a professional athlete. It doesn't matter how old I am. I can blow wind into a microphone probably well into my 80s. My point probably. is that... 30-year-old Antonio Brown, after nine years in the league, is a cap hit of $22 million this year. So we, even though he can only be traded, we're going to run into the same problem with him unless you find another big Salbatross to trade for him <laughs> and then obviously probably a first-round pick. But if we're thinking realistically about it, there's only one team that makes any sense, and it's probably the same team that Chris is going to tell you. You want to say it at the same time? No, go ahead. You can say it. One, two, three, 49ers. No. You didn't say the 49ers? No, I changed my mind. What? <laughs> I changed my mind. He's going to the 49ers, guys. Probably, but no. He's going from an eastern AFC city as far away from Pittsburgh as possible to the other conference. So I agree with you that it will... Pittsburgh already came out and said he's going to the NFC. Like, they're not going to trade with anybody in the AFC because they don't want to deal with them. No. You should never trade a star in your own conference. It's Correct. the dumbest thing ever. He's going to Green Bay. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, though? We'll see. 
Yeah. I, you know, it's <laughs> funny you say that because I heard uh, Kay Adams from uh, Good Morning Football. She said the same thing. I think he's going to Green Bay. I And I agreed with you. I thought he was going to San Francisco for the longest time. And then I was doing some stuff. I was reading a few things. and Reading? I thought I actually thought Green Bay would be more of a fit where Le'Veon would be looking for. But then the Houston thing kind of popped into my head. And I realized Houston was a better spot. I do. I think I just think Green Bay makes a lot of sense for everybody involved. You give Aaron Rodgers, finally give Aaron Rodgers somebody to throw to. You give Antonio Brown will be the star on that team, aside from his quarterback, but he will be the star. He does, he's not competing for touches. He's not competing for catches, anything of that nature. What if they also sign Le'Veon? That would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> could just play uh, who's the asshole with yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. And then Devontae Adams was just like, guys, I'm actually the best receiver on the team. <laughs> that is true. I mean, I, I always forget about Devontae Adams. So, Devontae Adams is like the perfect star receiver. He's huge. He's fast. He never drops a ball. And he's he's quiet. quiet. Yeah, he's quiet. But yeah, so yeah, I think, I, think he's going to, I, I think he's going to Green Bay. However, I will hedge my bets and say that San Francisco is probably where he ends up, but I, I do think that Green Bay is, is very high on that list. Here's the only reason why I don't think there's any chance that the Steelers would send him to Green Bay. They owe Antonio Brown absolutely nothing. And without being mm. outright spiteful... Mm. That's a good point. Without being outright spiteful and sending him somewhere like Jacksonville... Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> Miami, you know, Tampa, wherever. Actually, if he went to Tampa, still not a quarterback there. No, but yeah, him and Mike Evans would be a great yeah. one. Would be probably the best receiving core in the league. But yeah. that's besides the point. Nobody can throw them the ball. I'll go play quarterback for him. It'll be better. <laughs> anyway, I just think that while San Francisco is probably going to make some strides this year, they're by no means a contender. If you send Antonio Brown to Green Bay, there's a real chance he contends for Super Bowl this year. And I don't think that they want to see him go and leave Ben and the Pittsburgh franchise and turn around and immediately contend for a Super Bowl. And then the whole narrative is Pittsburgh held Antonio Brown back for nine years and fair point and all that stuff. Richard? Would you care to join us? Uh, so, come on. With it not being obviously in the AFC, because I said that yeah, that's just not going to happen. One team that surprisingly to me hasn't, the least that the, I haven't seen, been noticed or mentioned. Wait, this. hold on. Before you say it, let me see if we can figure out. It's Dallas. Okay. It is. That's exactly I what I was thinking, too. It's exactly I what mean, I was thinking. I mean, wouldn't that just make sense, though? No. Why? Why wouldn't you throw Antonio Brown in there? You're going to put that... Listen, I don't want that, okay? No, no, because no. Antonio Brown would be scary with Dak Deep. Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and whoever their number work. two who thinks that, he's the number one receiver is. That would is. never work. That's, okay. like lighting, that's like lighting a match and running through a dynamite factory if you do that. Why? Because of the destructive personality Antonio Brown is, or because well, A, and then B, <laughs> you already have Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown is having a hard enough time dealing with the fact that Juju Smith Schuster was getting even a quarter of the amount of catches he got the previous season. Yeah. 
Well, you, you think he's going to be okay with Amari Cooper taking away his catches? Besides the fact that Ezekiel Elliott is going to get a shitload of touches. True. In addition to the fact that what happens when Antonio Brown is on a team, especially with another talented receiver, is that he gets doubled, which mm-hmm. leaves the other receiver in single coverage. And guess what happens when you don't have a super elite, accurate quarterback? Which I like Dak Prescott. I believe in his upside. You know I picked him in our. The Valley is like sort of steaming at this point. Okay, but he's not the guy who's gonna throw the perfect pass into double coverage, and and thread the needle. That's not him. So who has who has a better shot on staying with the Dallas Cowboys after this season? If Antonio Brown was to go. Antonio Brown or Amari Cooper? Because he's not on a long-term contract with them. Amari he's Cooper? done after 2019. Well, you're you, asking so between you sign, the two? So you signed Antonio Brown I would. to a three-, four-year deal. But you're saying, you're all right, so we're playing a hypothetical game? Yeah, I guess so. I, I To be completely honest with you, that's a really hard question, only because... We only saw so little with uh, Amari Cooper in the Dallas. That and... I would really need to, you for me. It would, it would have to do with team chemistry mm-hmm. because Antonio mm-hmm. Brown could put up the same numbers he just did this year in Pittsburgh, which was yeah. all pro numbers. Yeah, but if he completely devastates that locker room, I would drop him in a hot second. True, but I don't. I mean, I don't know if it really was so much Antonio Brown as to Ben. Oh, uh, here we go. All right, look, they're two all assholes. Things, two things can be true at once. So, okay. really what it comes down to... Antonio Brown can be an asshole, and mm-hmm. so can Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. But Antonio Brown can be a complete piece of shit. Yep. Just because Ben Roethlisberger is a terrible leader does not abstain Antonio Brown from being T.O. reincarnated. So, what I think is really the problem in Pittsburgh is Tomlin. Because Tomlin is going to Le'Veon Bell being saying, you're the best running back, this team needs you. He's then going to Roethlisberger going, you're the best quarterback, this team needs you. He's going to Antonio Brown going, you're the best wide receiver, this team needs you. And they're all, look, these three stars, quote unquote stars, are looking at each other going, I don't need you. Coach says, I'm the star. No, what do you mean? I'm the star. No, I'm the star. So I think that whole divide in the locker room started with Tomlin progressed with Roethlisberger because we all know Roethlisberger is a, a giant diva as it is anyway. I think I, you know how I feel about Mike Tomlin. Oh, I know how you feel. But I don't think that's necessarily correct. Okay. And it also doesn't matter. It doesn't change the fact that Antonio Brown behaved like a petulant child. It doesn't change the fact that he was a bad teammate. It doesn't change the fact that he's 31 years old and he's going to make $22 million fucking dollars this year against mm. the cap. It does not change the fact that his contract runs until 2021, mm. at which point he will be 33 yeah. years old, making 24 to $26 million in that range. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper is 24 years old, and in the final year of his deal, that will pay him $13.9 million. Mm-hmm. So even if you sign Amari Cooper to another five-year contract yep. at the same price as Antonio Brown's contract, by year two of that deal, it's already better than whatever you're paying Antonio Brown. Because by age 33, the guy who relies completely and totally on just being one of the fastest dudes on the face of the planet because as good as Antonio Brown is, it is speed that allows him to get open. 
He's mm. a small receiver. Yeah. He's Antonio freaking Holmes, man. Yeah. At some point, That's a good one. he's not going to be fast anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I'll play devil's advocate, catfish, whatever you want to call it, really. I truly, in my heart, feel Antonio Brown's going to the 49ers. But I also feel that the Cowboys wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised and I would I could see that happening. I would be shocked if they actually went after him. I think it would be a complete disaster. I think Jerry Jones learned his lesson with T.O. I hope so. I truly do. Well, T.O., Des Bryant, I mean, really. No, Des Bryant and T.O. are completely different. I I understand. They're different in the sense of personality. But in in the sense of age, talent, like, what Jerry Jones should really be doing is going for, like, a younger, you know, draft draft young. But he drafted Des Bryant. Yes, you're right. He did. He did draft. Des Bryant. I'm and then talking, he dropped I'm him about, when he became a problem. Exactly. Uh, as he got older, too. That's That was my thing. Is I'm, I'm getting You know at. what helps with all that? Is if you have a real NFL head coach. Well, that's not going to happen, Dan. No, no, for not. at least four years. I can see uh, the Clapper staying there for at least four years. I just... I uh, Antonio I, Brown... Look, Dak Prescott has all of the talent in the world to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. I have agreed with you on this for a very long time. When we picked our young quarterbacks last year, I picked him out of all five. He was the one I took. Look at Matt go. He is mentally the most fragile of the young star quarterbacks in the league. And a guy like Antonio Brown would eat him alive. He would absolutely destroy Dak Prescott, and Dak Prescott would never recover from it. That's a fair point. I like it. All right, so now let's get into the last segment. And we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers switching over to NBA. Are the Lakers going to be making the playoffs? And if they don't, what happens next season? Matt, let's talk. We're going to start this off since you are NBA, I don't know. If you don't follow that with expert, I'm going to slap you. Expert? Yeah. I was going to say... um, Aficionado? No. Insider? That's a big word. Aficionado. (laughs) I was going to say like brainchild or like mastermind, I think. Expert is probably your best bet. You know the most about NBA. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you don't have to pass high school English to do a podcast. (laughs) Or be in Congress. <laughs> oh, what a doozy that was. Chris with the one-two punch. Oh, God, that was awesome. All right, Lakers, are they in trouble? That are they going awesome. to the playoffs or what? You guys know, Richard, Yeah. we're going to do this exercise really quick. It's going to be fun. All right. Because I know you recently started paying attention more to basketball. And I have. into it a little more. We've a talked bit. a lot about it. Yes. Name two L.A. Lakers mm-hmm. on the current roster yep. not named LeBron James, mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball, okay. or Rajon Rondo. Okay. So I'm assuming I can't use my phone as a lifeline on this exactly. one. So then the answer is I cannot name one. Okay. You and very many other casual NBA fans... <laughs> Okay, so it's LeBron and nobody. 
Yeah. Okay. And he missed like 16 games mm-hmm. with a pulled groin that still, frankly, probably isn't healed all the way because that kind of injury when you're that big of a dude is just going to linger and linger and linger. And yeah, does he need to suck it up and, and try and put the team on his back? You want to call yourself an all-time great, you damn sure better drag this team's sorry ass to the playoffs yep. just like he did last year in Cleveland. So, Because this team is still better than the talent that was on the Cleveland roster last year. I'll tell you that right now. Lonzo Ball needs to come back in the mm-hmm. worst way. He is far more important to this team than people realize. His defense alone changes what they can be, especially because LeBron half-asses defense most of the time now anyway. The conversation about flipping the switch to play off LeBron, mm-hmm. sorry, bro, you shouldn't have to flip a switch. Yep. You shouldn't have to. I get it. You want to conserve yourself. You missed 16 games. Step up. Step on the gas. And if you really want to go and sign for four years and you know develop a bunch of young guys, which obviously he didn't want to do because he tried to trade them all for Anthony Davis at the deadline, <laughs> yeah. and now yeah, you're seriously. stuck with them, you better turn them into something. Yeah. Okay. The West is stacked, man. Mm-hmm. The Sacramento Kings are a better basketball team than the Lakers. Yep. However... When he chooses to be, LeBron James is still the best player on the planet. I will concede to you, Christopher, that because his lazy ass does not choose to be that most nights at this point in his career, that Kevin Durant is the second best player in the NBA still. (laughs) Chris is rolling his eyes over here. Talk to me when Giannis doesn't win the MVP. That dude is the best all-around basketball player in the NBA. So real quick, because you still haven't really answered the question on... They're in trouble. Okay. They're probably not going to miss the playoffs, though. Okay. Even though the teams ahead of them are better, and even though they are a disaster, they still have LeBron. And until we have seen that he cannot drag a useless roster at least into the playoffs, Mm -hmm. if not to the conference finals, I can't can't think that he's not going to do it. LaValle, I want your take on this also. Are the Lakers in trouble? Are they making the playoffs? And then I'm going to give my prediction. It's Tom Brady syndrome in the NBA, which is you can't count him out until he's out. Okay. It's just, that's how I look at it at this point. Is that um, until he's done, he still has a shot. I mean, until mathematically speaking, the the Lakers are no longer able to make the playoffs, um, that there's there's still a chance. Okay. They're certainly in trouble. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. And... It, and I and I agree with Matt a hundred percent. That that injury um, is still lingering, and I wouldn't even be surprised if he if he tweaks it at some point. And if he does, then it's then it's over. Like so you don't he, think he, he won't misses, sit out for a couple more games and leading up to and no, just no, no, rely on the he, rest of the team. He, no, he is the team at this point. I mean, he really is, especially if Lonzo doesn't come back. Yep. I ha- um keep going sorry oh no I'm just saying like I mean it, I I wouldn't it, given how he's playing and and watching the little bit of uh, the few games that I've watched if he does tweak that injury it's over because he's gonna have to sit and if he misses what two or three games mm-hmm. that's another two I mean, or he's three losses and they just dropped two. Right, but I'm just saying they lost in general the freaking though. the Memphis Grizzlies but what's keeping them in it though is the fact that San Antonio. Has fallen has off, fallen the off the, since their road trip. Exactly. Absolutely. They go on the rodeo trip. 
the rodeo comes in and takes over their arena for a week and they go on a road trip across the west coast and they got smoked at every stop because if 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 san antonio had kept winning yep the lakers would mathematically pretty much be done at this point mm-hmm. so because here's the thing it, even if they make the playoffs if they get the eight seed they're going to get swept yeah golden state is absolutely. going to annihilate absolutely them. i uh before i you, believe that before you get into your take on that my spin-off opinion on this is that if they can't get to the seventh seed conceivably mm-hmm. before you know like if there's 10 games left and it's just like nope we can't hit the seventh seed lebron's gonna shut it down they're gonna tank their way either out of the playoffs or settle for an eight seed if they even reach that point and lebron's just not even gonna play and he's gonna they're gonna go ahead to the offseason and try and trade all those guys again Exactly. Because here's a, and I agree with you. Because LeBron will will claim injury. He won't play against the Warriors because then it won't look so bad, in quotations, on his legacy because technically he was injured. And, yeah. and, and, and he didn't get his ass kicked. Disingenuous as that might be, I actually get it at this stage of his career. Like he's finally starting to show a little bit of mortality. So, and there's no way in the world he can win a championship with this team. Or even beat the Warriors in a first-round series with this team right now. So it just doesn't make any sense for him to expend the energy he did last year trying to single-handedly beat the Warriors with this Lakers team when he's still waiting for help. I almost feel like if they lose, I don't know, another three or four out of their next ten games, they should consider tanking in general. Exactly. And and look look to try to try... And uh, possibly get that frozen envelope for them uh, when it comes to the NBA draft. Uh, so they're only... I mean, stranger things have happened. Dude, if they... I'm saying, if they lose... If they lose, if another, they lose three in a row right now and the Pelicans and Mavericks go on a winning streak... Oh, it's they done. Can, they could conceivably be worse than all but the Grizzlies and the Suns in the Western Conference. So... Because right now there's, uh, what, 82 games in the season. And they have, right? They have 22, like... 22 games left. Right. Um, we're recording this podcast for the huddle on Tuesday. It's coming out on Thursday. Yes. So by then, um, one of these games have already will happen, and that's uh, against the Pelicans, which is going to be happening tomorrow night. Percentage of winning for the next six games, 54%. Chance to win the Lakers against the Pelicans, thirty-two percent chance to win against the Bucks on Friday. No, they're gonna get smoked. Sixty-six percent chance to win at the Suns yeah. on Saturday. Monday is gonna be a sixty percent chance win against the Clippers, forty-four percent chance win against the Nuggets on March sixth, and then a forty percent chance win against the Celtics on March 9th. So right now. Odds are not looking on their favors. They're looking like they're about to get voted on to that little weird island in Hunger Games and get shot at by an arrow. Not to mention the fact that there are only there are six teams in the league, basically. The Knicks, Cavaliers, Bulls, Hawks, Suns, and Grizzlies that want to lose. Mm-hmm. There are six teams that want to lose. That are they're not they're not catching the Suns or basically any of the Eastern Conference teams if they tank, but if they let's say LeBron re-injures the groin muscle this week, and they go you know what, We're shutting him down for the year, 
He's going to wear a suit and sit on the sidelines. Yep. That's going to be it. You let the young guys go out there, showcase themselves, hopefully this time for the offseason because they didn't do it in the middle of the year. But let us hope for the Lakers' sake that they can show that they have some value in Ingram and Lonzo. I personally wouldn't trade Lonzo Ball unless it was for like the Anthony Davis deal. Mm, yeah. um, but but Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, all those guys, like, let's go. So they could conceivably get to the seventh worst record in the NBA and have pretty decent odds at a top pick. So I feel weird about this because I feel torn, really, about L.A., about LeBron, because it just seems a little weird to me. Because you secretly love LeBron. Weird how? Well, it's not a secret. I do love LeBron, okay? But, and I loved him going to the Lakers. But to me, it just seems a little weird and off. And I feel like I'm going to agree partly with LaValle, with how you said he has that Tom Brady, you know, syndrome, where you can't really count him out until he's out. But I'm going to play a little conspiracy theorist right here. Go ahead. And think that it's a little odd that he would just so happen to be going to L.A., struggling through all this with also a certain character motion picture coming into play with said LeBron James. So I'm curious if that's really what this is all about. If he pulls this out, is he just waiting for Bugs Bunny to help him out? Is that really what this is coming down to? He better hope Lola shows up and not Bugs. <laughs> the way things are going right now. I, I He's already got Bugs Bunny on his team. I'm not saying he's hurt. I'm not saying I'm I'm I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not saying he's not hurt. I believe obviously he's hurt. You know, he's having some struggles. I just think it's a little weird. So I kind of also in turn believe a little bit what you mentioned, Matt, where someone said about the playoff LeBron switch. I feel like at some point he's gonna come out. And all of a sudden start, this team is just going to click like nobody's business. And it's going to make for a perfect motion picture with him doing Space Jam 2. This whole business. He better hope to the Lord that it works out. I don't think it will work out that way. But I just think it's a little odd. So you don't think he's making the playoffs? I, yeah, you never really answered the question. Yeah, you're right. And I went you on You're dancing around that really good, though. I am a good dancer. We've all seen me dance. Clearly. Very true. I do not think he's making the playoffs. Okay. I think the Lakers are... I think he... I think LeBron just came in and sniffed himself the wrong way. That last comment he made... Um, again, I do believe he's still a great player. I do not believe he's a great leader. Especially when you just tried trading like five of your youngest dudes to get one guy, I mean, you want that's not what a leader does. You don't do that. But LeBron's also been so used to it's my way or the highway. I make the calls. You don't make the calls. You're here because I said you can be here, and that's it. And then when that didn't work out, he's like, "Well, shoot." Let's try to go to the playoffs, and I guarantee the rest of the team is probably like, nah, whatever, man. You do whatever. You're so great. Show us. And he just can't get it done. I, that's not how basketball works, though. 
I just again, when it's, it comes down to like not. them making the playoffs, you know, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Like there's a there's they're so too there's far gone. Fifty three dudes on every NFL team. Yeah, right. Fifty two. Just just by sheer numbers, let's say there's five guys on every team who don't really love the game. Mm-hmm. They're just big bodies who were in the in the game for a long time and had an opportunity to make a living doing it. There are fifteen guys on mm-hmm. every NBA roster. You don't get one of those spots unless you give a shit. I don't care how bad things are. Brandon Ingram's not going to just start losing or playing poorly to spite LeBron because LeBron's been a big, bad douchebag. Yep. And neither are any of the other dudes on that roster. And do not underrate the value of veteran Rajon Rondo. I know that sounds silly because of some of the issues that Rondo has had in the past, Mm -hmm. but he's not the same dude anymore. The impact that he had on the Bulls two years ago, the impact that he had on, or no, I'm sorry, two years ago was Dallas. Three years ago, Bulls, the year Dwayne Wade was there before Jimmy left. No, it was two years ago. It was two years ago. And then on the Pelicans when he was there as well before he got hurt. And now with the Lakers... Mm -hmm. Rondo is the is the adult in the room. Rondo is the champion and the leader and the vet. Like it's clear and apparent if you watch a Lakers game. Yeah. Like he's the dude coaching up the guys on the sideline and on the court and calling out the play and calling out the defense. Not LeBron. Yeah. LeBron's just out there crying about calls. He's the GM doing his thing, getting hit, and he's not even good at being a GM. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. So you said he, they're not making it. No, they are. They are making it. You said they're not. Dysfunction and all. I said that. Lavelle, you said they are. Uh, I, so said, both I said, said they are. I don't think they are. They're not. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't think they are. I think they're too far gone. I mean, they do. They have. They should just start tanking now. They should have been tanking honestly from the moment that LeBron went down. Absolutely. The moment that the trade deadline passed and they didn't get Anthony Davis, just shut LeBron down for the year. Tank for a draft pick. Hope you get like a top three, and then move on. Nope. Zion. They're not getting Zion. Zion's going. Well. If they did, I mean. If they I, it would be a miracle. Yeah. It would be a miracle. And if they get Zion, they should just trade LeBron James now. <laughs> I'm serious. For the for uh, Zion, you get a AKA bunch of dudes LeBron under 2.0. 24 years old, and you get basically LeBron body type 2.0, except yeah. with a better attitude. Yep. Just make sure he's not wearing Nikes, man. Seriously. All right. That was it. That's all the segments we got. So now we're going to move on to questions. Matt, do you want to start? LaValle, you want to start? You're hey. hosting. You start. You start. Is that how it is? Yeah. So that's how it's always been. But the host gets to pick. Welcome. This is the huddle. Oh, this is the huddle? Yeah. This oh. is the huddle podcast. Oh, thank you. Richo's rant's in the other studio. Oh, yeah. That's right. So this one I think Chris will really like. How different of a season would the Jaguars would have had if they had used their 29th draft pick to pick up Lamar Jackson last year? LaValley. Oh, I'm supposed to answer oh, that I, I want your answer first. So, how much better or how much worse would it have been? You can go either way. I think it would have been the same. Really? Yeah. So, Blake Bortles not doing well. They enter Lamar Jackson and he would have done nothing. Nothing. I hate to say this because I do like Lamar and I think he's got upside and I think we've I've said this a million times. We know what Bortles is. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson wasn't exactly like a, a 
as you've criticized him for. I mean, you criticize his accuracy more than I care to. I don't really have a problem with you know how he places the ball, but he's not a pocket passer. Right Correct. Now. Yeah. And I, I think he can develop into that, but he was not at any point in Baltimore this year. They're basically the same quarterback, except Blake has like just enough confidence to throw a few more really bad interceptions. Mm. Whereas Lamar would probably just pull it down and run with it. But I mean, they're both kind of scramblers who just extend plays. And I don't know that their season would have been that much different. Like if Blake Bortles was the backup to Joe Flacco in Baltimore. Yeah. I think Baltimore would have had the exact same season. Interesting. I think they would have made the playoffs with Blake Bortles. Like I, 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 I look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's success has a lot to do with John Harbaugh. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Else. I could definitely see that. Uh, which is, I mean, in a, a, just same coin, different sides, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Who's going? Why next? are you shaking your head? Which yeah. One? The Western Conference playoff race is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Still cool. so we just, we just, I'm so sorry. I so just, your question's been answered. <laughs> the, the, thunder, the, the Thunder sit in second in third place in the league at 38 and 21. Mm-hmm. Why, the, why are you even bothering to even like talk I just, about this? Uh, it's fascinating to me. It's so close. You could go from three to ten in like a bad a bad like week and a half stretch yeah. right now in the NBA. True. In the West. Yep. It's absolutely insane. Which I mean, again, I can see. See, that's that's what's kind of like I can see it, but it's kind of stupid in a way too. Or like I can see why LeBron would want to go over there because there's more competition. But you're going over that's there. That's not why LeBron went over there. I LeBron know that's not like why he's going over there. I said that, that I could see him wanting that. But, but why would he want it? He does. He shies away from competition. Well, then I don't know. I, mean, I don't. He had every opportunity in the last two free agencies to go west and chose to stay in the east because it is the easiest path absolutely to the finals absolutely lebron doesn't like difficult roads we know this he's the biggest pussy in sports Ooh, censor i don't know if you can say that on this uh, we are an explicit rated podcast i'm sorry he's the biggest vagina in sports <laughs> Uh, you're a sexist. I don't even now. know that I would call him the vagina. I think that's giving him a little too much credit. I think he's really just like the clitoris. He's just the. Oh part my right goodness, there. that's fair. His only job is like pleasure center. Literally nothing else. Which one of you two idiots are asking the question? <laughs> <laughs> one of you guys have to have oh. a question. Go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, I got a question. Yeah. Where in the hell is Bryce Harper going to sign? For the love of God. Oh, I wasn't supposed to do this with you guys. Um, he was saving himself for Austin Daniels. I was. Austin Space. Well, I'm sure that Austin can have Austin's a much more in-depth in so, conversation. Austin it's, doesn't even listen ridiculous. to the Huddle podcast Machado anyway. just took $300 million. <laughs> Bryce Harper, you are not markedly better than that dude. What are you waiting for? Oh, he's going to get more money. He will. It's insane. So here's the. it depends on what you believe. He has he can go to Philly and get his ten year three hundred and probably they'll probably pay him like three twenty five or something ridiculous, or he can go to the Dodgers because the Dodgers are looking to give they're willing to give him a shorter term deal so something in the range of four to five years but pay him forty million dollars a year, which makes more sense for both sides because then you can hit free agency again at thirty one. So exactly. Real quick for people 30, for, for people 30. listening, Machado and Bryce Hopper are like the big 
toys of the offseason for MLB. And Machado signed for a 10-year deal, $300 million. $300 million with the Padres. With the San Padres, Diego. San Diego Padres. Which I didn't even realize they had a baseball team. I didn't know that that was so I knew it was I knew. told you I'm trying to pay more attention to baseball this year. That's why I started I knew it was a baseball team back in the 90s. I didn't know they were still around. I did not know that the San Diego Padres still played in Major League Baseball. Okay, then. That's like... They signed one of the biggest name free agents of the Before... Who was it? Deshaun Watson? He's on the Texans? Yes. Right? He was still saying Houston Oilers. Yes. You know? Matt was. Um, but, uh, so Br- I knew who the Texans were. <laughs> Matt so. Schaub and Andre Johnson. Blow me. Two people. That's two more than you. So, here's the deal. I think... I'd say I, the same. I, I really think he's going to end up in, in Philly because I think he wants the long-term deal. And I think I could see that because I could see Philly giving him that long-term deal. And there is a rumor Ooh. that... In 2020, your lineup in Philadelphia could include Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. I mean... So, me getting into baseball currently, I wouldn't mind that. Well, I mean, of course not. Mike Trout is the greatest baseball player since Mickey Mantle. Yep. So... Seems to be the general consensus. So, again, with Bryce Harper, like, the biggest thing now is that he wants... You know, over three hundred million. He wants like four hundred million. Uh, he, he wants four hundred million. Yeah, he no, wants four hundred million. And he wants a long term deal. He was with because. the Washington Nationals. He won the um, the uh, home run derby last year. Um, just to give our listeners a little background on Bryce Harper, they should know who Bryce Harper is. Not everybody knows who Bryce Harper is. How do you not know who Bryce Harper is? Well, why don't most, you ask the listeners the most that are probably turning this least off? Least informed baseball fan. Yeah, there maybe is, and I I knew who Bryce. People Harper knew was. who know who Bryce Harper is more than they know who Mike Trout is, which is a travesty in and of itself. But I, you know, okay. I thought about that because we talked about that once off air, and I really genuinely think because like the reason that I know who Bryce Harper is is because I remember when he was being scouted and brought up mm-hmm. and drafted. And him just being, I don't know, I was like, whoa. Like, that dude can do literally everything. Mm-hmm. And that was when Strasburg was on the Nats. And yep. it was, like, the next God, the next Jesus. Like, he was the Messiah. Yeah. And I and I remember them drafting uh, Harper. And I was like, this dude's going to be better for them than Strasburg. And pairing them together is absolutely incredible. And it's really a shame that Strasburg was never able to overcome his injuries. But I think it's just because Harper came so loudly into the league that people think of him maybe before they do Trout, even though Trout is obviously the better player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, so I think he's going to end up in Philly. So, because there has been obviously reports of him possibly going to the Padres. There have been reports of him going to the Phillies, but there's also been reports of him going back to the Nationals. And something that Lavalle and I have discussed too, the only problem with that, though, is I don't see the Nationals offering him back the money that they already offered him before because they already offered him what 325 million they offered him yeah somewhere in the 300 million dollar range i think what they'll do is they turn it down to him and say and at that point if i'm I'm them i'd be like look the price is 285 million now so either you take it or you don't play baseball this year remind me again what the nationals have won with bryce harper absolutely nothing why are you going to spend 300 plus million dollars on a dude that doesn't really want to be there True. that you already know you cannot contend with because he is their franchise he's their face so find another face of the franchise 
I'm it's freaking baseball. There's a prospect every five yards in that place. It's, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just telling you. It's the but same it is thing a little weird. With, it's, the, with the Angels, when if Trout leaves, yeah. the Angels are screwed. It's, it's just one of those things that where it's weird. Where Again, like you have teams like the Phillies and you have the Padres. Like These are two front runners that can pay this dude the money, give him the time that he wants, but they're not. Why? Is it because it's not enough? Is it not enough time, not enough money? Because you know with Machado signing $300 million, I don't. Bryce is not going to sign to that team for less than probably three fifty, three eighty. No, That is no, what no, he's, he's going to want. Gonna, he's not going to get No, that. I know that's not what he's going to get, but that's what he's going to want. Yeah, he just wants more than Machado. It could be 301. It's, he just it wants be to be the highest paid. He, I know, but he, he, it's he, the quarterback he, syndrome. The moment, is, the moment yeah. that somebody signs the highest quarterback contract in history, the next dude that comes up in free agency automatically is like, well, Which I is want silly, the highest contract. Because again, you're risking the the point because he's a free agent, right? He's, this isn't like a trade. Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah. Like you could risk potentially not getting signed. And then what do you do? With the fact that teams, and the same thing with signing Manny Machado, the fact that you haven't learned from the Albert Pool holes. The Alex Rodriguez, all of these guys who you signed to ten-year deals, yeah. By year six, it starts going downhill fast. Yeah. Sometimes year seven, but usually by year six, you start regretting that contract. And I mean, even a guy like Machado, who's only twenty-four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, ten years, halfway through that deal with the right injuries, could. It, that could be an awful contract. I don't yeah. know why you'd ever sign any player in any sport to a ten-year contract. Could be just because they could five. Like five is put your best offer on the table. They're, give, they're offering me three hundred at five. What can you do? Five is too much. Three hundred at eight. All right. Well, they just offered me three hundred and eight years. What do you can you do? Three hundred and ten right. sold. It could three, be that. Like three or four years is like the perfect contract length. Yeah. Three or four years is enough time for you to. Progress from being a, a young guy to being an established star, from being an established star to being a, a, a league leader, and then to transition from league leader to useful vet, and then to transition out in that period and get a few contracts in and make your money. I just don't understand the logic as a franchise behind giving anyone 10 years and X dollars. Yeah, no, I understand, but... We will see, you know, it's only, it's the end of February, so we still have a well, another month and a half until uh, baseball starts up, but I give another couple weeks. I think so. I think two weeks is probably good. But Lavalle, I want a question from you real quick so we can wrap this up. All right. So, who is the worst leader in sports, Ugh. and who is the best leader in sports? So, worst leader, worst leader in sports. Who is the last guy you would want to lead your team? Derek Jeter. Um. Or Peyton Manning, one of those two. I'm just kidding. Those are Lavalle's two favorite people. Um, Worst leader in sports. I mean, I right at this moment, I I would say LeBron James because again, him just trying to sell out and his uh, teammates and nothing seems to be his fault. He just always, you know, blames everyone else around him. It's the refs. It's the coach. It's the GM. It's the players. Um. Best player in sports right now? Best leader. leader. Best leader. Best leader in sports. Mm, I don't know. That's a good one. Does it have to know. be a player? What What are you considering? A coach? Coach? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Best leader. I, I'd say the worst needs to be a player. But the best, if you got a coach, that's fine. Because we can go down a list of worst coaches. Uh, uh, Matt, you, you said you're worst right now. I'll think a little more. 
Oh, mine's easy. Well, then say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Worst leader in sports. We'll stick with players. It's more fun. It's, you know, too complicated if we bring in coaches. Aaron Rodgers. Worst leader in sports. I have long chronicled what I believe about Aaron Rodgers and his abrasiveness and his inclination to throw his hands up in frustration and assume that it's everyone else's fault. If you are and this, honestly, it could be a two way tie with him and LeBron mm-hmm. truly, because it's the same exact conversation. Yep. If you are truly one of the best to ever do it, then there is no excuse for you in your prime at your peak, not to find a way to make better and bring together the people around you because being the best player is not you cannot just be the most talented mm-hmm. if you are the most talented then it is your responsibility to also lead those who are not as talented as you and to make them feel like they are on your level yeah um that is how team success happens and neither lebron james nor aaron Rodgers has shown in recent years that they are capable of doing that in fact the only time that LeBron James has ever achieved that is when he was playing with a guy in Dwayne Wade who is in fact an excellent leader and led that Heat team to two titles. In the case of Aaron Rodgers, look at who he was throwing the ball to on that offense. Do you remember who his two starting receivers were the year that he won the Super Bowl? Nope. Donald Driver. Greg Jennings. Oh, Jennings, Jennings, that's right, yeah. Two all-time NFL locker room guys. I keep dropping my phone on the floor. It's my quest to destroy it. I'm sorry. <laughs> in addition to, uh, in addition to having, who what the hell is his name? Balaga. Who was the guy that was their offensive lineman that was there for like forever? No, I can't remember his name now. It was their is their guard or set. I'm gonna have to look it up because now I sound like an idiot. But it doesn't matter. But there were a few guys on that team who were a long time standout vets Mm -hmm. who clearly had that team playing on a level and he went out there and slung the ball just like lebron went out there and put up near triple doubles he didn't win titles because lebron james was a great leader neither did the cleveland cavaliers frankly the cleveland cavaliers won a title because draymond green hit lebron the nuts Mm -hmm. and Kyrie went supernova in the most clutch moments of that playoffs which is why you still can't out Cannot Boston this year, by the way. <laughs> it's the same with Aaron Rodgers. Worst leaders in, in sports. So, Chris, what's your answer? Worst leader in sports? How's your seething over here? No, I, unfortunately, I, I can't really argue with, with anything Matt said yeah. um, about Rodgers. Um, I would actually, I would say Big Ben and mm, I would say LeBron one. Yep. over the Aaron Rodgers and LeBron. But I have I have come full circle with my Aaron Rodgers take um, yeah. about his leadership ability. Um, for me, because you guys didn't give it yet, best leader in sports to me, and I don't even think it's a question at this point, is Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah. Going to Matt now, as he thinks so hard. I really, 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 
really, really, really, really, really <laughs> fucking hate that every time we bring up Brady Belichick and the Patriots and how amazing they are, mm-hmm. there's not really any tangible way for me to dis-a-fucking-gree. Because I don't want to sit here and tell you that Tom Brady is the best leader in sports because, frankly, while he may be the greatest quarterback <laughs> of all time, he's still kind of a douche. You're just tired of us harassing you. I'm so tired of Tom fucking Brady. You're just tired of us harassing you about your love for Tom Brady. It's not No, it's not even that. Like I literally don't care about that. It's that I am not actually a Brady fan. Like I, enjoy, I, know. I appreciate watching him play. However, shut the fuck up about Tom Brady, everybody. But... I'm having a hard time offering you a better alternative. You asked me that question, Mm. and the first person that came to my mind was Tom Brady. And then I spent 10 minutes trying to figure out a way that it could not be Tom Brady. Yeah. I got nothing. Tom Brady is like the girl that you shouldn't have a crush on. It's like your buddy's girlfriend or something like that, and you just spend your your time being like, no, I I don't like her. I don't like her. And you're like, you know what? I mean, I, I was like going her. through the Rolodex of basketball players that you could yeah. possibly put ahead of him. Like, I have I have Steph, but I don't think Steph is a better leader than Brady. I think Steph is a great leader. Yeah, I just he don't absolutely think he's, is. I don't think he's a better leader than Brady. In football, I mean, I can put Luck as a great leader. Mm. Um, well, let me give my answer real quick because yeah, we're, we're, we're running late, you know, lengthy on time. That's what we always do. I would agree with you guys. But, there, say Nick but there is someone else out there. <laughs> because there's no other player that's come into the league, into the season halfway through, and not only oh. drove his team to a playoffs. Wait, well, that's to gonna do it for this week's huddle podcast, guys. Thank you. Are and you then the same thing happened wait, 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 next year. Wait, are you serious right Nick now? Foles. Explain that to Best me. Best leader because in sports. No other player has ever done what Nick Foles has done. No other player has come in through halfway through the season, brought his team to the playoffs. He and didn't come the in halfway through the season. You're right. Later in the season. Like what? Uh, he came into the, the fourth left of the season. Three-fourths in the season. See, this is going to kill team, me because I've, I've been defending Nick Foles for a long time. Took the team to the playoffs. You're, took him to the Super Bowl. I take it back. This po- the answer is Tiger Woods. Th- this podcast. This po- <laughs> Tiger Woods is the best leader in sports. He's not a leader. I take though. it back. He's done things that nobody else has ever done. And then he did it again. And then he did it again. This coming Wait, up season. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, when so he, took, he took quarterback, the team went that down. was already the number one seed in the NFC and kept them the number one seed in the NFC. They weren't the number one seed. When? This year? Last year. The year they went this to the past Super Bowl. Year. The, yeah, last year. Before they were that. the number one seed. Like, hands down, they were the number one seed. That wasn't hands down. Because they could have lost all four of those games. Okay, then they would they have been. Still they were the still a top seed. three seed. They still would have been a top three seed in the in the NFC. And also, so. if you remember the end of the regular you season, don't think so. He tried. So. He tried to make them. How many losses seed. did the Eagles have when Nick Foles started at quarterback? I don't know. I have to look Two. it up now. So even if they lost the last three games, I think I could have taken that job. <laughs> even if they lost the last, I'm sorry, it was four games, right? Even three. if they lost oh, the last three games, they yep. still would have made the playoffs. Yep, they would have. But the Cowboys were nine and seven, so if they had lost those the last four games, you they would three. have been. Huh? You need to make up your mind. You They'd be nine three. and seven. They'd be tied with the the Cowboys. No, they wouldn't have been. Not if they lost Nick, the last four games with Nick Foles. Not in the year they went to the Super Bowl. No, yes. they wouldn't. They were the number one seed. Who was the Eagles? And the Cowboys were the number two seed uh, in in the division. What are we, what? I'm sorry. In the division. I'm, in the NFC East division. Okay. 
Let, let's start over. Real quick. There is no, I don't care about the time right now. I know you don't. Because people people will enjoy this. Okay. There was four games left in the season. Mm-hmm. When Nick Foles, technically, he only played started three. Yep. But they were in the fourth game against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Did they beat the Rams? They did. Okay. So there was three games left. Mm-hmm. They were the number one seed. Yep. The Cowboys weren't even sniffing the playoffs at that point. Okay. So how the hell is is the Eagles losing the last three games going to knock them out of the playoffs? I didn't say it would knock them out of the playoffs. I said it was they weren't going to be the number one seed. I didn't argue that. All I said was they still would have made the playoffs regardless. Okay, but would they have gone as far if they kept? I mean, again, you asked my opinion. I didn't ask you for your opinion. You did. That was the whole. That's the whole point of these questions. Their opinions. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, I'm talking this out with you. I'm not asking for your opinion at this yeah. point. I'm talking out the situation with you. But you're talking it out so that I can realize I'm wrong. That's what you're doing. I have my answer. My answer is Nick Foles because I don't believe anybody else in sports would be able to do something like that. But you have nothing else to compare it to. So how can you say that? You're right. I don't. Except for the fact that I've never seen it before. So if I've never seen it before and I saw it done so excellently. Excellently? I don't know if that's a word. Excellently? He almost lost to Atlanta. Okay. He played like shit up until the Super Bowl. So don't tell yeah. me that it was excellent. It wasn't excellent. When Nick Foles took over for Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles were 11-2. Yes, because they lost their last game to the Cowboys. That's right. And then he went 2-1 mm-hmm. with some underwhelming statistics in the regular season games mm-hmm. that he played. It's really... You're not like not my ass know. just hurts so much from this fucking chair. Would, would you like to switch seats? And I keep forgetting to bring a cushion. <laughs> <laughs> you need like an old man donut to <laughs> yeah. sit on or something. I don't know what it is. My ass hurts so bad when I get up from this fucking chair after an hour long. I podcast. told you once you hit thirty, you just wait, buddy. I'm not thirty yet, so fuck I know. Off. Just wait. I have never been more astonished by any accomplishment in all of sports. Than Nick Foles not only leading the Eagles to a Super Bowl that year in 2017-18, but also outdueling the greatest quarterback of all time in winning a Super Bowl MVP. There is still to this day, even the 28-3 comeback, there's nothing more unprecedented than the run that Nick Foles went on at the end of that season going from the barrel the bottom of mediocrity to because until that point that one season with the eagles where he posted a top 10 all-time uh qbr Mm. under chip kelly was just such an anomaly we've never seen an offense like that before we'll never probably see an offense like that again it was the weirdest thing ever yeah he came out of nowhere Mm. There was nothing to indicate that he was capable of that. And I still don't think that he's very skilled. Mm-hmm. I think he can drive the ball downfield really well. And mm-hmm. He has good vision. I don't know that he's like an Aaron Rodgers level elite quarterback, which you would think you would have to be to win a Super Bowl MVP and beat Brady. There's no justification for you saying that he is the greatest leader in sports 
he absolutely was lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to sit here and tell me that healthy Carson Wentz wasn't going to not only win the regular season MVP, but lead that team to a Super Bowl victory as well with how he played that year, like you're fucking kidding yourself. Like you absolutely are. Everybody's so quick to forget about how good Carson Wentz was that year. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz wasn't just like, oh, look at the new guy. Like he's going to make it. I never run. Once, but the, the thing is, though. The you, question isn't statistics. The question not, isn't whether or not. No, no, no. But you're comparing Carson Wentz statistics, a healthy Carson Wentz statistics, to a Nick Foles statistics. I don't and that's care what I'm not doing. at all about the statistics. What I'm saying was uh, the only time I brought it up was his couple of games at the end of the regular season were mm-hmm. relatively underwhelming, setting the stage for how fucking shocked that I was but when that you he did what he did in the playoffs. When you have your starting quarterback go down on injury again, and you have someone. Again. Again, two years in a row. This past oh, year. Now we're talking about this past yeah. year. Okay. And then you have your backup come in again, and then you start winning, and then you start going to the playoffs. That's where I can say that he is a leader. Because I'm not sitting here saying that Nick Foles is the best quarterback. I'm not in the, saying he's not I'm not a saying leader. you are. I'm 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 not I'm just saying and I'm just talking out loud in general to both of you, really. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that he's the best statistic quarterback. He's the best quarterback that the Eagles have. I'm not saying any of that because that's why Nick Foles isn't staying with the Eagles. <clears throat> that's why he's going to a different team this coming up season. Okay. So then can we can If you're we, asking me the best leader, I'm saying Nick Foles. And then I'm gonna ask you, do you have a little bias in this then? Probably a little bit. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna go That's ahead fair. and move my glasses, my spectacles down mm-hmm. to the edge of my nose and look down my nose at my phone, even though it's completely unnecessary. And I'm gonna lay a little sports PhD on you here. Do it up. Have you ever heard of something called the Ewing theory? No. The Ewing theory surmises <laughs> that <laughs> if a star player. Mm-hmm. That a team is built around, yep. much like Carson Wentz in that season, mm-hmm. goes down, trade, injury, etc. The team, there's two elements that have to be present here. And I'm reading the exact definition because if I, I just you told are. you what the fuck it was, you would have <laughs> absolutely no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. The team has a star player who receives a lot of attention but never wins anything. And the star player leaves the team and everybody writes them off. Eagles have never won a Super Bowl before. Mm-hmm. They've got their star. Star player goes down with injury. The rest of the team somehow gets better. It is a chronicled thing that happens with professional sports teams with stars like this. It's named after Patrick Ewing. He went down against the Pacers in 1999. And everybody wrote off the Knicks because there was literally not one other superstar on that team. And they somehow won three of the next four games and went to the NBA Finals. That Carson Wentz season, Mm -hmm. that Eagles season, is a prime example of Ewing theory in action. You already had the defense in place. You already had the offensive structure in place with the line and the receivers and the running game. Your best player went down and the rest of the team elevated still can't take away from how incredibly Nick Foles played Mm -hmm. but I would not sit here and tell you that him taking them to the promised land 
was enough to indicate that he's the best leader in sports. Because if he were really the best leader in sports, Carson Wentz would probably never have gotten a starting job back at the beginning of this season. If he was really that commanding mm-hmm. of the locker room and the field yeah. of battle, then there is no circumstance under which another player would surpass him on the death chart. And that's probably true, but we'll leave that discussion for another day. <laughs> oh, that's convenient. So, thank you all. <laughs> I don't get to follow up. No, you followed up plenty. <laughs> thank you all for enjoying this extra long version of the huddle. This is just the normal version. No, so. it's not. <laughs> this is the extra long version. We average like 90 It's an hour and, and a half. That's totally normal. We use over 10 more minutes. It'd be totally reasonable. No. Thank you all for taking the time <laughs> to check out the episode of the Huddle Podcast. Make sure you check us. Check out the Sideline Network Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter, at LaValleyCH, at Matthew Daniluk, at Rich underscore 007. Again, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Oh.